Barbie and Ken's weird beige mounds. Hello, you are listening to Great Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture and feminism. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And we hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Barbie because you couldn't have a feminist pop culture podcast without talking about Bar- the Barbie movie, I feel. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm I'm so ready for this conversation. But before we start talking all things pink, we're going to talk something else pink, which is obviously the wine this week is a rosé. Yeah, um, had to be. Had to be, absolutely had to be. Kim, do you want to tell us a bit about this rosé, why it's here, what it's doing, why we picked it? Sure. First things first, we picked it because it's pink. Yep. I don't know what you want from us. If We are nothing if not on the nose. Yeah. This is the Soleil Vin de Bonte Le Rosé. This is a French rosé. It is an organic wine. The back of it says, Soul is the, at the heart of Soleil Vin de Bonte, a French wine designed by and for friends. Crafted from grapes grown near the Mediterranean Sea, each sip whisks you away to southern France. Perfect as an aperitif, the French version of a sundowner, or for a dinner party, Soleil Vin de Bonte is a wine that you can start and end an evening with. Our wines are served with a side of purpose, with part of the proceeds supporting ocean cons- conservation. It's and beach. It's beach. It's beach. And I think it's important that we note that we did also choose it because when we looked at it, it had a beach on it. It gave us very much Malibu Barbie vibes. And I think that it did mention that it had that ocean conservation link to it and we were like well you know we do quite a lot of wine buying and and obviously we try to recycle all our bottles but still we do like to buy things with a cause so there are some tasting notes as well to this delicate laid back and delicious this rosé has our taste buds relaxing on a pool floaty in a sexy one piece is there a better place to enjoy rosé Notes of blood orange and zest mingle with rhubarb, raspberry and a touch of anise that dances across the palate with a clean line of acidity. It's got that sultry sophistication, far from the tutti-frutti style rosé you drank at uni pool parties. Rude. (laughs) This organic and sustainably grown rind is a bit more mature and refined but can still splash around in the pool. And I think that that sounds very Barbie. So primary flavours are blood orange cherry crunchy strawberry specifically and citrus rind saline and savory also considering we did this on a whim pretty good match yeah uh, time to drink some beach we are serving this at not quite room temperature it's been in my fridge but then i have it's been out of my fridge for about half an hour so cheers cheers i think good i think good too i think good i thought as i was sipping it bad i got ham i got hammy farm oh i got like a headache yeah, Bad I mean, possibly that will happen anyway. But, but then, then I allowed it to sit for a minute, and it mm. yeah. I will say one thing about this is the flavors blend. Mm. It's it's a cohesive wine in the way that some really cheap rosés, which we've talked about recently, it's like here's the fruit and here's the alcohol, yes. and there the twain shall meet. This is not that. This is very much like a. It's very smooth. A symphony. It's a symphony it's a of symphony. Fruit. So far, I'm I'm getting Pissed. sitting. Well, that too. I was thinking sitting um, on a terrace with some pasta vibes. Pasta or some kind of very crisp salad situation. Yeah, or like like flatbeds. Flatbeds. <laughs> Flatbed trucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Flat breads. 
Yes. Hummus, tabbouleh. 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 masalata. Baba ganoush. We're just saying dips now. Welcome to our podcast. It's about dips. Oh, I listened to that. What would you call it? Just the dips. Wait. Let's talk about the film now, shall we? So, so far, this is a, you know, from the description and from the flavour, this is a pretty good match to the film, which again, if you haven't picked up, is the Barbie film, which came out a few weeks ago. By the time this podcast is released, it'll be about a month. Directed by Greta Gerwig, featuring uh, Margot Robbie in the lead role, also Ryan Gosling. I'm going to keep saying Ryan Reynolds, and I apologise, but there's just too many Ryans, by which I mean there are two. Ryan Gosling is Ken. There's also a whole host of other Barbies, plus America Ferreira is the the real woman in the real world. You've got Will Ferrell as the CEO. It's a really kind of big, colourful cast, isn't it? First off, before we get into what we thought of the film, Barbie. Fan? Not a fan of the, of the Mattel franchise from 1959 onwards? I am here to say I love Barbie. I was a big Barbie girl. Okay. And... I think I'm on record as saying that we still have some Barbies mm-hmm. that my mum changes their outfits every year <laughs> and she even made some of their dresses for them and I had a favourite Barbie and her okay. hair smells great and we also had Sleepy Barbie and we had Marine Life Barbie and we had Barbie Marine Horses Marine Life Barbie the arm Barbie yeah, yeah with the yeah. whale and we had Barbie Horses and a Barbie BMW I get it I get the criticism of Barbie but for me Barbie was just I just loved it. And I, one of the things that this this film does is acknowledge that Barbie was the first doll that wasn't a baby doll. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I remember loving that. I remember, you know, like I loved Sea Life Barbie so much because Sea Life Barbie was like the shit. She, and I remember putting her on my Christmas list and being so excited when Santa brought her and just like, that was the best. And there were so many different ways that Barbie could do everything that I wanted Barbie was the mayor Barbie was the president but well in the UK it would have been the prime minister but you know Barbie was a vet a lot of the time when I was growing up Barbie was a vet because we had the Barbie Barbie horses Barbie was a doctor Barbie was an astronaut and we also had a lassie dog toy for reasons and when she wasn't that she was the world's best roller skate driver so there you go roller skate driver yeah we used the roller skates as cars (laughs) Like the adults, the child size roller skates <laughs> as cars. And we used to put the Barbies in there and then we put the puppets in there because I also collect the puppets. I was a fun <laughs> child. Hand puppets, not marionette puppets. Okay. Uh, and we used to drive them around and she she was the she fastest. She was the driver. Yeah. She was the Penelope pit stop. Yeah, the, she she truly was. Roller, car, roller skate car world. Yeah, it was like roller skate derby. Brilliant. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was not... a barbie f- fan as a kid i had one barbie which was the little mermaid barbie yes we um, had two of her nice just flexing <laughs> i enjoyed it wasn't my favorite and then as i got sort of older that message that fil- filtered into my head was like barbie is for silly girls i'm going to go out and hit boys in the head yes. which is was much more my vibe and fall off my bike and climb trees can i um, recommend hitting boys in the head with your barbie oh yeah the ultimate insult because <clears throat> I absolutely did that to our next door neighbours who were all about the Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Oh, the lamest of all heroes. The lamest. Yeah, but they had the they had Tracy Island. Tracy Island was the tits. Tracy yeah, Island. They had was, Tracy Island. Tracy Island, I think, was better than Barbie Dreamhouse. I'm coming. Come out. Whoa. 
Yeah, yeah. So Barbie was never a thing for me growing up. So when I, you know, when the film was announced and everything, I was like, oh, I'm not going to fucking see that. Don't be ridiculous. And then more came out about the film, and I was like, oh no, actually, this sounds. I really want to see this. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. See, interestingly, as someone who loved Barbie, when I first heard about the Barbie film, I was like, I don't want to see a Barbie film, and not because. I don't like Barbie, but I was just... Um, but also, there are Barbie films already. There are excellent Barbie films already. <laughs> yeah. But also, I, when I first heard about it, it was when it was still connected to Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yep. And, again, no shade to Amy Schumer, but it was it was clearly being posited as quite a cynical view on Barbie. Mm. And I was kind of not interested in that because I do get a little bit tired of if you're told to like it as a little girl, therefore it's evil. And mm. I can't be asked for that. Like, I don't think that's right about anything. That's true. So I was a little bit, like, sceptical. And then the more I heard about it, as as it started to be developed, it was picked up by Margot Robbie and then she was set to star in it. And then Greta Gerwig got involved and I was more and more intrigued. And then it just suddenly, out of nowhere, was like, this is going to be the thing. And I was like, I have to see this. Really want to see this. Yeah. So we went to see this a few days ago. And I think we've both been kind of stewing on it ever since. Stewing makes it sound like a negative thing. I think it's just been rolling around our brains quite a lot. Percolating. It's been percolating. 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 Simmering. What did you think of it? How did it measure up to what you thought the film was going to be? Um, yeah. And how did it measure up to the hype? Because there's been a shit ton of hype about this film. It had a £150 million marketing budget. That's how yeah. big this film is. Yeah. Weirdly, despite... Saying that, you know, I'd heard a bit about it and that's what yeah. made me want to watch it. I didn't pay too much attention to the plot and I tried to kind of avoid a little bit of the critical reviews that I sometimes normally engage with. Because I, at the point that I decided that I would want to watch it, I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want other people's opinions on this. But there was a lot of hype, like you say, and everything that I saw about it was all about like how it's going to make you cry and it's really empowering and unifying and stuff and i i did feel emotional and i did feel empowered and i did feel unified but the girl next to me in the cinema was feeling those things hard Mm. like really hard she was sobbing and i (laughs) felt a little bit dead inside that i didn't feel that (laughs) so i was like did i not get this because i also thought like it's funny it's really it was so funny i really enjoyed it i felt really pleased that i had gone to see it in the cinema which is Mm. also not something that i do a lot of Mm -hmm. but like i did feel like i'd really made an effort to experience this and it was an experience Mm. that i had and i appreciated it so it's not without its flaws no. Don't get me wrong, um, but I I do think that when you're a kid and you go see a film and cinema and it's so like joyful to you and it's such a, it's so engrossing and so resonant and then I feel like the last however many years of film has there's been quite a lot of muted colours and existential angst and stuff and <laughs> I'm not saying that there wasn't existential angst in Barbie but it felt yeah, like it was very much at the core of Barbie. It felt like yeah. cinema. It felt like mm. going to. See, it felt like a real blockbuster, mm. and not a let's all explode the Tower <laughs> of London blockbuster. It just felt like a film with heart. How about you? 
yeah, they, they really ramped up, as we said, the, the marketing for Barbie, like it was everywhere. You couldn't really escape it. And the whole Barbenheimer co- <laughs> coincidence of, or planning even, of the, the release date alongside Oppenheimer, I think really helped that. So I think this is a film that you can't... It almost feels like you can't escape. Mm. For better or for worse. The horror film of Barbie, you (laughs) can't escape. You can't escape. And so I was like, well, you know, obviously I'm going to see it. And then we agreed to talk about it for the podcast. And I was like, yeah, okay. We'll probably have some good bits. And it was so much better than I was expecting it to be. Because it was a lot of different things. And, you, you know, you mentioned about it feeling like a blockbuster absolutely i think it's it's a blockbuster in every sort of definition of of mm-hmm. that term but also what was really cool about it was the lack of reliance on cgi like oh even the bits god where, yes oh my god that's yeah. true like the the transport sequences between the real world and barbie world that was all done like proper old school You're sets so People right like, and that makes yeah. such difference I, and you don't see I get Bad. really fucking sick of CGI. So done with CGI. Yeah, exactly. And it was like sort of this return to older cinematic techniques that was really cool. It, which meant that you were focusing on, yes, it was a visually kind of arresting film as well with all the fucking pinks everywhere. And there's so much work went into the costuming and so much work went into everything and the casting and like everything, like everything was so thought out. But it reminded me. Oh, it's, it reminded me of something like Lord of the Rings, where there was all this work behind the scenes. There was the, there were these years of prep. There was this, you know, you create an entire fucking village out of the mm. New Zealand countryside because you want it to feel proper. That's what this felt like, mm. um, and it was really good. And it, there was a lot of heart to it. I think we'll talk about the problems in a bit. I think there were bits were a bit. It was a bit heavy handed, and some bits where it missed the mark and what it might have been trying to do. But it was really funny. There were some great performances. Margot Robbie was brilliant. America Ferreira was brilliant. So many people in this were brilliant. In fact, I can't really think of any weak links to be no. performance-wise. No. Yeah, it was great. There was a musical number. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> Winner. Yeah. Yeah. Generally a positive experience. Generally a good film. So to, it's fair to say that we have critiques. They're nitpicking yeah. more than anything else. This is more what can we find to complain about. Yeah, yeah which is, you know, the subtitle of our podcast, essentially. Mm-hmm. So obviously we had a lot of positive things to say about this movie, but as we mentioned, there were some things that we think could have been improved. Because again, that's what we do. We nitpick. Kim, what did you feel, what were your big things that you would like have liked to have seen done differently or that could have been better in your opinion? I think this will come up in discussion more so than I can accurately distill right now. But, you know, there were a couple of moments where I thought that maybe it didn't give its message as clearly as it was clearly trying to. And there was some scenes where I felt that they were unnecessary and I thought that they were filler. And in something in which there is so much heart and message and just general joy, I was a bit like, I, I, you know, this is entertaining, but I don't necessarily care like the chase scene where she's being chased out of Mattel headquarters yeah fair enough was it went on a while oh went on a while and at the end I thought the end went on a while where she's talking to Ruth oh yeah that did go on it went on a while and then Ken's musical number which was fantastic of course but i do think that a three to four minute song could have been cut (laughs) 
dare I say. Gasp! How dare you? And I think for me, the biggest thing was that I felt that I felt that America Ferrera was the heart of this film. Mm. And I felt like her and her daughter's relationship in this, Gloria and Sasha, was underserved and underdeveloped. There were almost too many plots, too mm. many things. Mm. And their moments of, we've got to go back and we've got to save Barbie Land and stuff. And, and their unification was underdeveloped for me. And a lot of that was for the sake of America Ferreira having amazing speeches and amazing moments. And she really was the key to the film. But like, cut the Ken, cut the chase scene, give him more of that. And especially because I think the thing that's going to be quoted the most from this is America Ferreira's speech. The thing that is the earworm, which I understand why they kept it, is I'm just Ken. I thought it was funny and satirical and and excellent and a real showcase of Ryan Gosling's skills and also Greta Gerwig's writing and, and so many other things that was it was it was a beautiful moment. But I would have preferred more of America Ferrera. And I and again I say this as a Ryan Gosling apologist who thinks that he's really hot and and enjoy him on screen and <laughs> appreciate the message, but I wanted more America Ferrera. Yeah, agreed. I think I think she was fantastic. And I think it's interesting what you say about her being the heart of the film because what I didn't know about this film until we got to the cinema was that this is a twelve A. This is not <laughs> this is not a this is not a film that was made specifically for children. This no. is for for grown women, pretty much. <laughs> like, not uh-huh. that you're a grown woman at twelve, but like, you know, there's a there's definitely an age in mind. And America Ferrera's character is, you know, I'm going to use the term middle aged very loosely, as much as I hate it, but middle aged mother, and it's very much about her relationship with Barbie. That's the kind of the driving force behind what the, the plot. And that's not what I expected from a Barbie movie, mm-hmm. which was really nice to see. Because, but yeah, there wasn't quite enough of the exploration of the relationship between her and Sasha, her daughter. Yeah, it was just kind of like we had a great relationship, and now she's a teenager and she hates me, and that yeah. was that was just it. There also wasn't that much exploration of her relationship with her and Barbie, and I wanted more of no, that. No, no, that's true. Nor of Sasha as a character. Yeah, Sasha felt to me like what Gen X and Millennials and Boomers think that Gen Z is like. Yeah, like, we don't really care. We're just here. We care, but we care too much, but we don't care and we hate you all. Yeah. But also, I don't think that's what... I don't feel like that is what the Gen Z kind of stereotype is. I feel like the Gen Z stereotype is much more, ha we're fucked. Anyway, let's go have a little dance. Like, it's much... Actually, I, I don't know. That... I don't think it's as cynical. I think millennial experience is much more cynical. I think... I agree. I think millennial experience is much more cynical. I think Gen Z are much more actionable... Actioning. Yeah, that's true. They are taking action yeah, and they true. are doing shit and they're like, fuck you all. Yeah. Which is great. But they're not, like, needlessly angry. Mm. They're justifiably angry. And I felt True. like Sasha was... Just angry. Just angry. Just, for some reason, angry. And and I thought it was like, is it from a divorce? No, turns out her dad is there. He's in two scenes, just learning he's Duolingo words. so white great. and he's doing Duolingo and I love yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I love a man who does Duolingo. But, yeah, that, but... 
looking like no some weird of... where's Wally shit. Not that the only reason someone has to be angry is divorce. That's not what I'm saying. But like, it felt like that was she blamed her mother for something, but it was never kind of explored. <sighs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that story. Yeah was only shown to us through flashbacks and never explored through a conversation between mm. them. Mm-hmm. And yet it was mended by Barbie. going to Barbie land. Yeah. And it was... Taking LSD with your mother, yeah. Yeah, and it was... And also, you know, being in a car with Alan. Um, oh, Alan. Loki, my favourite character, of course. Yeah. Shocker. Alan the ally. Alan the ally. He's Ken's buddy, all is close for him. <laughs> There's never only multiples of Alan. <laughs> Just Alan. I understand yeah. so I understand why Sasha and Gloria had to be related and both be in the film. And I understand that it made sense, therefore, to have almost the anti-Gilmore girls of having the, the ones who they're not best friends and they're not connected mm. and they're mm. not joined. But I do think that if we're supposed to believe that their relationship is healed yeah. and that they are unified, then... I needed a bit more. Their relationship was built through the Barbies rather than through each other. So yeah, I have various other kind of thoughts on what the film could have done better. But one of the things that I don't know is necessarily the fault of Greta Gerwig and the production company and the film itself, but maybe more a fault of the industry in which mm-hmm. this was created, is that everyone you talk to will who's seen this movie, almost without fail will tell you, oh my God, Ryan Gosling's so good. Ryan Gosling deserves mm-hmm. an Oscar. And he is very good. Don't get me wrong, he's very good in this film. He plays the weird, vapid, empty man-child to a T, who's trying to discover what he is outside of Barbie. And he does it incredibly well. But I just really have this problem with the narrative being oh my God, look at the lead man, isn't he good, in a film that is about the importance of a strong female role model. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He, It is a perfect example of the society that yeah. this film is critiquing. Yeah, it's like a satire of itself. Yeah. It's so weird. And yeah, like <laughs> everyone is being like, the fuck? It's, mm. it's true that there's this this huge outpouring of love for Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And it's true that in our society, it is easier for society to love self-effacing, wacky men <laughs> than it is to love powerful, strong and vulnerable women. Yeah. Which is lame. Yeah. I have a real problem with it because I heard a lot about the, the Ken song. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot about Ryan Gosling. He got a lot of criticism originally for like, why is he playing Ken? Because he's forty and he's too old. Yeah, to play there was Ken. some ageist. Um, and I backlash. thought, well, yeah, but he's perfect to play Ken because he's done the 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 teenage heartthrob Mickey Mouse Club. He's done it all. But he wasn't like washed up Ken. He was just... no, I know. He's just he's, Ken. But he's done the earnest mm-hmm. and he's done the cynical. And he brought... And I now think he can he, slide into the goofball. Yeah, and I think that he brought it well. And also I think that he approached the role with the right attitude. Yeah. And I've seen interviews with him. One of the interviews was that asked what would be, like, the best thing that could happen to your characters in a day. 
and he says the best thing that could happen is that Barbie drops something and without realizing it and Ken can give it to her and then she just says and then she says thanks Ken, thanks, Ken. and he's like I'm done I'm sold and then everything yeah. he's really embodied this and he's ridden the train he's really ridden the, the train and he's yeah. He's embodied the, the message. Yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly it. And he's supported the cast and he's supported... Again, it's the ally thing. Sorry, I've yeah. just cut you off. But, no, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. He has. But then I'm not praising him for that specifically. I'm praising him for being an excellent ally and an excellent actor because I think he is both of those things. But I don't think that his performance outshone... No. As I've said love of my life apparently america ferrera or margot robbie or frankly the two seconds that nicola coughlin was on screen mm. and i was like loved you for every <laughs> second that you were on screen you're the best mm. be my barbie i don't think that his performance outshone anyone except that he was given more lines and he should absolutely be applauded but he isn't the best part. And if no. he is the best part, it's because of the writing. Yes. So Which true. Was a, female, a female director and a female and the, producer. And, and the production and the yeah, direction exactly, and yeah. the writing and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. So and that's the costume department and the concept and the everything. Yeah, whoever gave him that big fluffy coat, you know, and the choreographers. It was Set not... design with the horses everywhere, oh, which yeah. still oh. makes me laugh. Like, randomly I'll be pouring a cup of tea <laughs> and then I'll just think of the screens with the horses everywhere. It's just, just so it. funny. So good. Um, but yes. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think that Ken and Ryan Gosling as Ken exists really well in the overall universe of this world. Mm. And the, this film and how well they've done it. America Ferrara, Margot Robbie, their moments, the moments of heart, the bits that speak to us, yeah. are outside of that. Yeah. Are outside of the dressing. And in fact, are some of the most scaled back scenes in the film are yeah. the scenes of heart that the, those those two characters display. And the, yeah, and I think the nuance in Margot Robbie's performance as well, the fact that she goes from this you know, comical hi Barbie, like the, yeah. the at the beginning to like, she's very empathetic and warm and everything towards Ken at the end and and yet the person that people talk about in that scene is seen as is Ryan Gosling and you're like, yeah. but that he's allowed not... to cry. Yeah. But Which is great, be... men yeah. should be allowed to cry, should be allowed to cry. and men should show that they can cry. Men, and... cry more! Please, seriously, joy. Talk about uh, your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Use your big boy words. Yes. Don't um, fight things in trench and have a hard time. Instead, write poetry. Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this is not to say that we like we don't think the male experience in this film is is unimportant because the whole point of this film is that it is deriding the patriarchy, not men, and the patriarchy mm-hmm. is not just men. I'm not going to woman explain the patriarchy to you, but. It affects men as badly as it does women, and that's the whole point, is that Ken thinks this is a great fix for everything, and actually, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. A lot of right-wing and other people have Mm -hmm. sort of denounced this film and said it's strange and man-hating and anti-male and... Which I think misses the fucking point. What did you think of the backlash from these particular groups? Boo fucking who. Yeah, true that. 
Wow, wow. I'm so sad for you. How about every single fucking film that you've ever made that is woman hating? Yeah. How about every film where the woman is an instant? How about society? And doesn't get any kind of... Yeah. How about society that is women hating? Yeah. Where I can go out in a hoodie and be called both a slut and a bitch before I get to the end of my street, which is not that long. I need to stop doing that to you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I... I just think it's uninteresting, if I'm honest with you. It's uninspired. It's uninspired. <laughs> it's it's better insults. You know, yeah. insults for a feminist film, groundbreaking. Like, <laughs> I just don't care about what they think. What bothers me the most about it is that I have seen um, Instagram reels and TikToks of people whose experience watching this film has been ruined by those people showing up to screenings. I'm sad for the people that had to experience that because I'm sad for any woman that has to experience harassment just yeah. trying to do something that they fucking enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the people doing that, I say go fuck yourselves. To the people to the women and the people going to those events and doing them anyway, I say godspeed and good luck and <laughs> I'm proud of you. Because we win. Yeah. We're winning. We do win. This is one of the highest grossing films just like fucking this year slash ever. Like, let's just fucking put our money where our politics are and tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And do it wearing pink and high heels and sparkly because it's really fun. Absolutely love the pouring of pink to the cinema every time it's I on because I'm like, love it. fucking great. I'm not even a big proponent of the colour pink mainly because I can't see it properly but (laughs) just seeing all these you know all these people turn up I imagine it's the same well you know not that I've ever actually been to a pride parade which is disgraceful for someone who is queer but seeing people turn up wearing things that represent you and you know what goes beyond you and and the community you're part of and then just being like oh we're just here because we want to have a nice time and then have people turn up and be like no oh go home yeah. You sad, strange little man, you have my pity. Yeah. So we're going to take a small break, refill our glasses, you know, pay attention to the cat because she, she she clearly needs some sort of pink outfit situation. She's got some feelings. She's got some feelings. She'd like to talk about Ryan Gosling. And then we'll be back to talk some more about the Barbie movie. We've topped up our wine, which is the Soleil Van de Bont, Le Rosé. I think there's an accent, so it's the Van de Bonté. Van de Bonté. Bonté. Van de France, 2021. Sam, how are you finding this organic wine that saves the ocean? It's good. It's nearly gone. No, really nice. Really tasty. So drinkable. Very drinkable. Very pleasing all-rounder, but without being, you know, just bland. Very citrusy. I'm not understanding the blood orange. It's fucking red. <laughs> Definitely getting the citrus. What, what do you think? There is none of that tangy, acidic, in-your-face, sour Haribo vibe that you sometimes get from rosés. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, again, it's very smooth. It's really, really drinkable. Um, yeah. It's a little bit nicer with the ice in it. Yeah, definitely should be chilled. Definitely should be chilled. But I think that, considering that we had it not chilled, yes, 
it's the perfect one for if you're just having a relaxed evening and you can't be bothered to go get the ice like it, it is really nice just kind of through the evening yeah so yeah i'm really enjoying it so we talked before the break about what we thought of the film how we thought it did things well how we thought it did things less well and one of the things that i think is important to talk about in any feminist movie because i think it is very fair to say that this is a feminist movie mm-hmm. is the the inclusivity that 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 movie or that medium embodies and this is a really interesting barbie movie because it did embrace inclusivity in the casting in a way that i've not seen in a barbie movie before admittedly yes they've all been animated but you know, we had different races, we had different gender identities, we had different abilities, we had different, not so much different ages, actually. Everyone mm. was sort of very But similar. in the real world, we had, in different, the real ages. World, we had different ages. Yeah. And there were bits like, you know, when Barbie sat at the bus stop and she talked to the lady next to her. Yeah. Right. So there's a point at which Barbie hits the real world and she sits at a bus stop. There's a woman who I would say is in her 70s or 80s who she looks at and says, you're beautiful. And that is rumoured to be the daughter of Ruth Handler who created Barbie and the person on whom Barbie is based. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but again, like we don't really have much of that age representation, but we do have various other different types mm-hmm. of representation in the movie. Do you think that the film did enough to address inclusivity within the world of Barbie which has been very heavily criticised for being skinny, blonde white representation of womanhood beyond just casting it's mm. a good question I thought so <laughs> I thought that it made a really strong effort to do so mm-hmm. I don't know it's one of the things that I don't know 100% how much it landed beyond surface level mm-hmm. Because, as we've already addressed, it does mostly follow stereotypical Barbie. Yes. But I did, you know, I noted and appreciated that the other female lead in this is a Latinx woman. Mm -hmm. That the president Barbie is Issa Rae, a black woman, who is amazing. That that there was the, the the soundtrack championed a lot of different female artists from a lot of from a lot of different genres mm-hmm. that I appreciated, including Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. that and Lizzo and Julie yeah, Lipa exactly, and, and of course Dua Lipa is in in the film. film, and that there was there was a lot of effort that it was not just about who's on screen that mm. was involved in this that was given a chance and it was not just who's on screen that's involved in this that was a woman admittedly you know like Gretchen Gerwig is a white woman and Margaret Robbie is a white woman but I you know there's there was clearly efforts made in the production to to be inclusive I think I think that there's more that could have been done but I have feelings about there's more that could have been done is a general critique of this film because how much can we expect one film to do? Mm. And is that not just asking quite a lot of one film? But when it comes to inclusivity, I don't think that it would have been too difficult to include more. But I did I did think that there was a real awareness of it. Yeah, it both did and didn't land it for me. It did a lot yeah. and I appreciated it, but it's still did it through the lens of white Barbie. And they called themselves out on it 
But is that enough? Yeah. I think it was, you know, it was obviously great that they that they didn't just use a cast of people who are traditionally represented in the actual dolls themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that was really good and really important. But I think because there was this air, particularly in the first half of the film, of Barbie Land is so perfect and amazing and you don't need to worry about anything, that there was kind of glossing over the problems that are inherent within the Barbie franchise itself. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, there was the, there was a bit where Barbie is in the real world and she goes to meet Sasha and her friends who are who have the same names coincidentally as the first Bratz dolls mm-hmm. who then are like, well, you, you know, you represent a problematic body type and this for a lot of women and blah, blah, blah. But there's no real, there is no real effort to make, made to address womanhood beyond womanhood itself. There's nothing made to address black womanhood, even America Ferreira's character. It's a very universal speech for women, I think, mm-hmm. or for a lot of women. And you can't drill down into every woman's experience in a two-hour film. I completely understand yeah. that. But I think if you want to lord this as an intersectional feminist film, mm-hmm. there should have been more about different experiences. I think, again, that three-minute, four-minute Ken musical <laughs> could have, could have been could have thrown a three-minute, four-minute Yeah. Uh, montage even of yeah. those experiences and there were some of those experiences and I feel that those those were appreciated but they, they weren't gritty in the way that I think the examination of feelings and stuff was at times like no. harsh and I agree with you that, that, that there is more that could have been done there for Mm. sure and when you talk about intersexuality and you talk about for example trans women Mm -hmm. that they had a trans actress yes but we talked about off mic and i know that you have feelings about the final scene and the way that it represents what a woman is that i think excludes trans women would you like to go into that a little bit more yeah so in the very final scene so there's this whole as people who've seen it will know if you haven't Again, I'm sorry. Skip ahead five minutes. But Barbie has this crisis. Is like, I'm not really a Barbie anymore. I would like, basically, I want to be a human. And the creator, Ruth Handler, who created Barbie, just is like, yeah, cool, go on then. And it's her going into what you think is a job interview. And it's not. It's actually her going to the gynecologist. The, the, the line is, you know, how can I help you? And then she's like, I'm here to see someone about my vagina. Yeah. And it's, it's a good callback comedically because earlier in the film you know references made barbie and ken's weird beige mounds that in, in place of genitals and i get it from from that perspective but it's also like oh now you're a real quote-unquote woman you've got a vagina yeah and i the more i thought about that the more i was like this isn't mm, this feels wrong this doesn't feel like the ending this, this should have had for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the ending should have been, but basically equating womanhood to having a vagina felt jarring. It felt like a cheap joke. Yeah, it felt like a cheap joke. And it felt like it sort of flew in the face of what the rest of the film was about. Yeah. I didn't like it. I would have... Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I thought it was funny and clever as the callback. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it did end up leaving a bit of a like, oh wait a minute, no, is that not quite reductive that 
that that's the only thing that's the only thing that women think about. Yeah, is about is vaginas going and babies. Smear and, test. Yeah, yeah. And I would have liked to see it be personally an echo of the first scene where she wakes up in yeah, her perfect house. That would have been good. But she does it in the real world where she gets up and she walks down the stairs and she showers in a real shower and she like puts stuff on her toast but actually oh no maybe it's out of date or something yeah, She's like, yeah, oh, yeah. i'm gonna start again or like yeah have, yeah, like, yeah that would have been great yeah so i should basically you should have written it great right, go ahead call me get don't, us on board baby don't call me i can't help you <laughs> unless you <laughs> want hr that. advice i really can't help you <laughs> but it's true there there are so many ways that could have ended that weren't just let's make a joke about being a real woman with a vagina yeah i agree i did feel like although i liked the final scene and i liked the yeah. kind of the build-up and then the the pull, pulling the rug out from you it's not what you think it is fine clever great i generally felt like the end of the film started to lose me mm. and i'll be honest with you it started to lose me the minute i saw her in that yellow dress because i was like she's not barbie anymore and she I knew it. And I was just I was yeah. just waiting for her to not be Barbie She's just a anymore. pretty lady in a nice dress. Yeah, and I was just waiting for it and I was like, get to it. Mm. And it felt it felt drawn out and it felt like that kind of end book end chapter of a book where they're trying to tie all the plot points mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the end of the film. It wasn't that it was bad. I just thought that it was compared to the rest of the film weak. And heavy-handed mm. at the same time. But I think the inclusivity is just kind of the tip of the iceberg of some of the critiques that you, you can have for this film, which mm. is really that, like... And this was a critique that came when we left the film, which mm. was that, was it surface level? And, and yeah. was it did it go deep enough? Yeah. And I was very much Team Barbie, where I was like, you're critiquing it for not going deep enough. But the film actually says we can't do fucking everything. That's true. That's true. Fight me, we can't do fucking everything. And I think that actually this film goes quite deep into some significant things, more so than I think a Barbie film was planning to do and would have been intended to do. And I think that the problem is that the view of a Barbie film is that it will only be surface level. And I think that Mm. it suffers for that view. I don't think that the film itself does not tackle the hard questions and go into some depth. I think everyone goes, but it's Barbie, so they only did a surface level. Thoughts? Mm, I don't know. One of the big issues I had with it was that it did feel very heavy-handed because the America Ferrara speech, for all it was, it was fantastic and all very relatable and all like, oh my God, yes, why are women expected to do all this stuff? Why is it, and why is nothing ever good enough? Great. But... I felt at points, certainly towards the second half of the film, I was being hit over the head with like, women can't do it all. And I was like, I know. I, I, like, I, I, I <laughs> I'm know living this, this already. Yeah. Who are you telling this to? Like, are you trying to make, are you trying to make women feel seen? Are you trying to explain to men that women aren't doing, like, I, that was the mm. point that lost me. Cause I was like, it started out like this was for women. And then after that point, I was like, but we fucking know. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm speaking from a point of we've been doing a feminist podcast for five years and we've talked about a lot of these points and we've covered this stuff 400 times and maybe that's not what everyone is coming to this experience with. But everyone is coming into this film with the experience of being female, not everyone, every female person or femme-presenting person or 
femme-identifying person is coming in with an experience of being female. And so to have it be like, isn't it shit? And we'd be like, yeah. That was my problem. Yeah, it's the thing of, by pointing... What the film is doing is, by pointing out the contradiction of being a woman, you are outside of that experience and you can break out of it. And so for a viewer, it's like, well, by pointing out the contradiction of being a woman, we get to challenge the inherent criticisms Mm. of this film for not being either feminist enough or being too feminist because we're pointing Mm. out that inherent criticism. That's what it's doing and it's clever, but it's also frustrating if you are someone who is approaching this with perhaps critical blinkers, but also maybe an open mind like it's it's, it's yeah. an odd maybe it was a, more critical than empathetic but yeah, yeah it's an odd experience to be in yeah maybe mm. there's there's not enough space for it to go as deep as it could go here yeah i mean one of the things that we talked about off mic <clears throat> quite a lot was that one of the central jokes of how bad it is to be a woman is cellulite <sighs> and whether or not we were just like quite fucking tired of that and even though yeah. yes that's satirical of being like isn't it satirical isn't it funny that this is the worst thing that a beautiful woman can think of having and actually no really it's not the fucking worst thing in the world but for i think specifically for our generation as well and how much work that that our generation and the younger and uh, generations after us have done to heal toxic body image stuff and body positivity and and the question around that felt hard and i i was a staunch apologist for a lot of the depth of this film and i continue to be because i can see the nuance the film references jane austen (laughs) so i'm allowed to say jane austen yeah i'm allowed to reference jane austen as someone who is frequently maligned for being one note, superficial, etc., but as actually a satirical uh, point of view of the, the the place of women in the society in which they grew, and then actually how you can subversively uh, overcome the patriarchy and and get what you need and and find your place in the world. And I think that that was an, a deliberate reference, and I think that that's a lot of what this film does. But even then, even then, for me the cellulite thing, I was like, this is a hard pill to swallow because I I spend, even now, even at 34, even for everything that I know, too much of my day worrying about how fat I am. It just felt cheap. I know it was, I know it was satirical, but it just felt a bit like... It felt cheap. Dude, you can do more. Greta Gerwig can do better than You cellulite. can do better than cellulite jokes. Come on. Yeah. Come on so that that did make me sad what did you want more of and do you feel like that critique is fair i would have loved to see some subplots i would have like i don't really feel like we got any kind of development like you said at the beginning about how there are plots that didn't go anywhere really or things that could have gone places i think it was so focused on one barbie and one barbie's experience Mm. And for the film to start and say, we are Barbie, and it was all these different Barbies, and then to finish with going, we are Barbie, and we are Ken, and we are Ken off. It was like, it was like a dumbbell of a plot. Like, you've got a fat end, a skinny middle bit where yeah. nothing else can happen except this one plot, and then another fat end. Yeah. 
That's a really good analogy. <laughs> Which is not what I thought. It's, it's the Ken in me coming out. There was a horse in there too. <laughs> but it would, it, yeah, it, it, it tried to squeeze too much through too narrow, uh, mm. narrow a viewpoint. And I That's think what she said. Hey, did she? <laughs> like a froob. All of this is to say I really like this film. I just hope that people realise that this is not the film that fixes feminism. <laughs> because I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to come away from or this fixes and be patriarchy. like, the future is Barbie! Or like, you know, that kind yeah. of... I, I feel like there's going to be a bit of that and I don't I don't want it to be I watched the Barbie movie and suddenly I'm a feminist. I'm fine with I watched the Barbie movie and now I'm a feminist. Yeah, but as long as it leads into as action. As long as it leads into action the, and yeah. research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I don't want is I watched the Barbie movie and everything is fine. Well, they make that joke, don't they? Of like, yeah. but the Barbies fixed everything and everything's fine. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So, in this film, there are many Barbies, as we talked about. There are many Kens. They seem to have in- hired the entire cast of Sex Education to be one or the other. <laughs> and SNL. And SNL. Oh my God, Kate McKinnon. We haven't even talked about her. We haven't so talked about good. Kate McKinnon. So good. Just to be really clear. Kate McKinnon was excellent in this film. Weird Barbie forever. Also, Michael Sarah was excellent in this film. Alan. Ah, oh, yes, right. Give me an AL, an AU with Kate McKinnon and Alan going on a road trip. Oh my god, I need to see that yeah, so much. You need that. Weird That's Barbie the next Alan. film. Perfect. People spin-off that we need. I don't care what they are. They don't need to be Weird Barbie and Alan. They could be Kate McKinnon and Michael Sarah. But I would, I would, I would watch that. Oh, Give my kidney for that. I just anyway. loved how great he was at like fighting. They were like, "Who are you? I'm Ken's buddy, Alan. All his clothes fit me." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. bam, bam, bam. Oh. Alan was throttle you with a spade. You're okay. You're okay. Yeah, Alan was the uh, the ultimate ally. Um, uh. And also, he did it with no intention of controlling the Barbies or praise or praise. He didn't want praise. He just, he just did stuff. He just did. And you're like everyone should be a fucking Alan. No yeah. one should be a Ken. Yeah. Everyone, uh, men, be Alans. Yeah. Be more Alan. <laughs> be more Alan. And be more weird, Barbie. That's yeah, what we can be take. More weird, Barbie. Anyway, so the the all the Barbies have different kind of identifiers. Usually, it's something to do with their career, or like you had Sea World Barbie. There was President Barbie. There was Physicist Barbie. There was Stereotypical Barbie. And then there was like beach Ken and yeah. tennis Ken. Yeah. My job is beach. My job is beach. So what do you think your Barbie would be if you were put in a box? Such a great question. Yeah. Um, Some your entire existence down to one word followed by Barbie. Homebody Barbie. Homebody Barbie. Because I was like, how can I combine book nerd Barbie with cat lady Barbie? With likes to drink wine in her living room, Barbie. Homebody, Homebody Barbie. Or Cozy Barbie. Cozy Barbie. Because she likes to knit. So her accessories are a cat, mm-hmm. obviously, a book, mm-hmm. a glass of red wine, mm-hmm. maybe a ball of wool. Yeah. Because, yeah, cozy, cozy and or Homebody Barbie. Cozy Homebody Barbie. Perfect. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Love it. Cozy Homebody Barbie. Nice. Which is funny because teenage me would have said emo Barbie. But now I want to stay home because my joints hurt. What about you? Great. Just before you answer that, 
I do recognise that Cozy Homebody Barbie is very similar to Depression Barbie. <laughs> and I turned to Sam in the cinema and said, when Depression Barbie came on screen and they referenced the, what, the BBC Pride and Prejudice? BBC Pride and Prejudice and then showed a clip for the BBC Pride and Prejudice and then mentioned Seven Hours of Instagram and I turned to Sam and I said, I feel very attacked right now. And I continue to feel very attacked right now. What about you? <laughs> don't know. I'm trying to think of a of a an adjective that describes drinking too much, eating too much, singing, gardening. How about Epicurean? Barbie? I thought that, and then I was like, "That sounds wanky." <laughs> I thought that. I was. I was going to go with Dionysian, Barbie, <laughs> which is even worse. No, fuck it. I'm going Dionysian Barbie. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Causing havoc and getting drunk. Perfect. I mean, it's it's not wrong, is it, though? <laughs> it's not wrong. Also, I love growing shit. He loves growing a vine. Perfect. Yeah, right. Um, and my accessories would be a, 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 a vine yeah. with some grapes on it in the glass. A, a book of comedies from, you know, some kind of historical situation. Guy. Yeah. Historical lad. Also, you're a dramatist. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the comedy mask, maybe? Comedy mask, perhaps. Also, maybe just a pair of boobs, I feel. Yeah. Some sort of genitalia or breast situation mm-hmm. to be like, hey! Titties. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I love it. So Dionysian Barbie, homebody Barbie. Amazing. It's almost like we're opposite. So, that brings us to the end of the episode this week. But as usual, before we go, we have a movie and wine to rate. Let's start with wine, which was the Soleil de something pinky red French. What was it? <laughs> that was the Soleil Vent de Bonté Le Rosé. Red French. Beach Pink French. Pink. Beach! It was the beach wine. Okay, Kim, how did you find beach wine? Beach wine was very enjoyable. I really enjoyed beach wine. Its job was beach. I <laughs> think that... It delivered beach. It delivered beach. I think that between taste, suitability, and how quick we drank it, I'm going to give it a four, but I can't well, remember how much it cost. 15. Okay, all right. Then it's better than I thought. Decent. Four star. Four grapes, please. I thought it was a very good rosé. If this appeared in my house again... I'd be delighted. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'll go with you. Four. Yeah, Four. nice. Solid. Solid. One of our best rosés. And how about the Barbie movie? Barbie. Barbie. So I re- I did really enjoy this. I know that we've spent the last half of the episode critiquing it. But I think that's because it's so good you have to look for things. Otherwise you're just at, at risk of being like, oh my God, I loved it. And as feminists... Which would be a I really think, boring episode. Yeah, but also as feminists, I think we have to examine things and be like, why did we love them? Why was it? Yeah. So, so I think, yeah. So I am going to give it another four. I think I'm nice. going to give it the same as the wine. It was, it's one of my favourite films I've seen this year. Admittedly, I've not seen very many. And the only <laughs> other one was a Super Mario movie, uh, which also had an earworm song in it. Peaches, 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 peaches. 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 No, we're not doing it. Um, <laughs> I think the performances are fantastic. I think Greta Gerwig did a great job. Um, I think there's it could have gone much further, but for what it was, for the time it had, and for the amount of people it had to reach out to, it did great work. Mm. I like that. I... 
thought about this for a while and I genuinely was like, what do I think a five-star film is? And I have no fucking clue. Okay. I don't know what it would take for me to rate a film five grapes, five stars, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. I really enjoyed this and I think because I had the experience of it as well and that I think that I really believe in what this film was trying to do and I think that that is really important and I believe in what this film has done mm, yeah, for the community, for, for, for people and it's not just white feminists that are loving this film and I think that that's really important. So I've given it a 4.5 because nice. I still don't know what a five grape film is to me. I don't know if there is one and that might be, you know, that's a me problem. But I think that this film does deserve the accolades that it's receiving. But I think specifically in this film, Greta Gerwig, Mar- Margot Robbie, America Ferrara deserve the the praise. Ryan Gosling, you know I love you. Call me. Say so 4.5 grapes for me. Which is, from the sound of it, the highest you are comfortable giving a film at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us in two weeks' time when we'll be back with a brand new episode. In the meantime, if you'd like some more grape culture in your life, you can head to our website, which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. You can go to Instagram, which is grapeculturepodcast. Or you can head to Twitter slash... It's still called Twitter. It's just got a fucking X in it now. Grape Culture Pod to find out more about what we're tweeting, about what we have to say about the Barbie movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye! Bye.